0: Welcome to Sideline Sleuths, a true crime podcast all about the tragic yet fascinating cases no one can seem to get enough of. I'm Megan. And I'm Jasmine. We're so glad you're listening. If you like being an armchair detective, you'll love being a sideline sleuth. Today we're going to talk about the 2011 disappearance of a 23-year-old woman named Phoenix Lucille Colden. She was last seen in her vehicle backing out of the driveway of the home she lived in with her parents in Spanish Lake, Missouri. The eight year anniversary of her disappearance is next week. No one has seen or heard from her since. Or we can't confirm. Oh, mystery. Let it unfold. So here's what we know about Phoenix. She was homeschooled for most of her life. She was a fencing champion and played a variety of musical instruments. Wow, that's unique, fencing. I think I've only ever known one person that fenced. Yeah, and she was apparently really good. So,
1: cool.
0: Her pastor said that she lived a sheltered life for the most part, and because of that, she was naive about the ways of the world. She wasn't known to go out much or to have a whole lot of friends, but she did have friends. So she had she was social. She had, but it wasn't like a typical 23 year old girl, I guess. So I just told you she was 23 at the time she went missing, and she was a student at the University of Missouri, St. Louis. Her parents saw her leaving the driveway of their home, which is in a suburb of St. Louis, around 3 p.m. on the afternoon of December 18th,
1: 2011. Wow, so she just left from home?
0: Yeah, well, they, not suspiciously. Right. Approximately three hours later, her black 1998 Chevy Trailblazer, is it Trailblazer or Chevy? Because it says Blazer right here. Is a Blazer a different car?
1: Yeah, I think so. Chevy Blazer, uh, dear Google. Does Chevy make a trailblazer? Yeah. What is a Chevy Blazer versus a Trailblazer? Does Chevy Chevy Blazer? I'm not seeing any a, Chevy Trailblazers. Who makes a trailblazer? Oh Chevrolet Trailblazer. It's a thing. I don't know. Listen guys, we're not car people. It's not important. <laughs>
0: okay. But, yeah. It just says blazer, so I guess but what
1: the are Maybe it's short for Trailblazer? If you know, would you tell us? Because yeah. we out here okay.
0: clearly not we're just, experts yeah. on this. Okay, so <laughs> approximately three hours later, her black nineteen ninety eight Chevy Blazer was discovered. Initial reports said that the keys were in the ignition, the motor was running, and the driver door was open. Reportedly, it was left in a traffic lane, as if she was suddenly interrupted while driving or pulled from her vehicle forcefully. Whoa. Her glasses, purse, shoes, and ID were left inside, but there was no sign of Phoenix. Her shoes? Yeah. but and her glasses? In 2018, an investigative journalist visited the spot where the car was found, with the retired St. Louis deputy chief and the police officer, Kendall Perry, who was actually the officer who responded to the abandoned vehicle report. So he found her car. And he said that there was nothing alarming about the state of the truck when he arrived on the scene. The engine was not running, the keys were not in the ignition, and the doors were closed and the lights were off. It appeared to have just been parked there. He said there was no reason to think that someone was hurt, that it was a carjacking, or that any crime had taken place. It was simply just an abandoned vehicle. But, like, every report says the door is open, like, the news. The media, like, heard that and ran with it and said, like, oh. the door was open, the keys are in the ignition, and it was just, like, left in this travel lane. But it wasn't. How bizarre. So, okay. So. But that means we thought for seven years that that's how it happened. Because it wasn't until 2018 that that guy was, like. Let's met with the turn visit
1: the scene. Because
0: oxygen did a thing about it. So he did it with them with oxygen. And he was like, No, it wasn't that's not how I found the car. Weird. So even her parents had thought this whole time that, that that's how her car was found. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so nothing alarming on the outside of the vehicle. Yeah. So the police impounded it, citing it as abandoned. At the time of the discovery, it was not yet known that Phoenix was a missing person. Cool. And her parents wouldn't learn that her car had even been found until weeks later. The location where the vehicle was found is about 25 minutes away from her home in Spanish Lake, near the intersection of 9th Street and St. Clair Avenue in East St. Louis. According to a website called Neighbor Scout, East St. Louis has a crime rate of about 50 crimes per 1,000 residents, which is one of the highest crime rates in America compared to other communities of its size. The chance of becoming a victim... what? Okay, yeah, I might have heard that. Yeah. (laughs) The chance of becoming a victim of a violent crime or property crime there is 1 in 20. So they were, I guess the neighborhood didn't help them think that, you know, she was.
1: a good situation. Yeah.
0: Like, why would she abandon her car there? So they assumed it was forceful. Originally, Phoenix's mother thought that her daughter had just left to go to the store or maybe see a friend. But when she didn't come back that night, she knew something was up. So she reported Phoenix and her vehicle missing. An officer came to their home and said that there was nothing he could really do because Phoenix is an an adult adult. and she can come and go as she pleases. But he did say that he would run the license plate on her car and see if anything turned up. Reportedly, he told them that he found nothing. But as you know, Phoenix's abandoned vehicle was found on December 18th, when she was last seen just less than three hours after she left in it. Mm Okay. So wait, so he did find it? No, he said oh, there was nothing. There's no report, but it was already found at that point. Oh. He just didn't see anything. Okay, Ossifer. Yeah. On January 1st, someone known to the Colton family who was assisting with the search for Phoenix discovered that her car was in a police impound lot and told her parents. Supposedly, her car didn't show up as being towed or in an accident or anything when the officer ran the plates because it wasn't properly entered into the system or even entered at all by a police officer in East St. Louis.
1: Oh, that's really bad Otherwise, they could have found
0: it so much sooner.
1: Yeah, and got on the trail while it was still potentially hot. Yeah. That really sucks.
0: I saw a post on Medium, and as far as I can tell, that's like Reddit, where people, like regular folks, just post threads and theories and whatnot. So one poster named Brenda Thornlow said that the family's private investigator thought the police report had puzzling information. She said that there was two reports, actually, and that one said the car had a, quote, adult female victim – while the other listed the vehicle as having no driver. What? And that the second report had a filing date of two weeks after it was impounded. And that doesn't make any sense because the family learned the car was impounded exactly two weeks after. And then, I don't know. So she said that when people went to question the officer about the report, he was advised by his union representatives not to talk to the family or comment on it. But that doesn't seem accurate because he did the oxygen special I told you about at the beginning, where he said it was just look like an abandoned vehicle. So I'm not sure how crazy misinformation gets out here, but it happens. But this whole time people've been thinking that her car looks like a hijacking or an abduction. And that there's two police reports and or somehow Brenda thought that. And there's like that's just not true. Wow. It's like they almost it's like people almost wanted it to look worse Weird. than it was. Yeah. Huh. So it was just a parked car in the road. Like that's that's it. That's it. Just a parked car, and they just
1: didn't enter enter the information correctly. Correctly, yeah. On once they did. Yeah, it was just a parked car in the road. No, female victim.
0: No. Super bizarre. Okay. Yeah, Officer Perry said there was no person. Like there was nothing, nothing that nothing would have made him miss. think that there was someone who was nearby or anything. Like it was just a parked car in the road.
1: Yeah, we just had to get it out of there. Yeah,
0: and move on. Okay. So Phoenix's mom was frustrated, and rightfully so that the police didn't contact her when the car was discovered. In an article on Oxygen's website, because they did a special about her, she said, quote, I just wish those police had done what they were supposed to do by running the plates and seeing that that vehicle was registered to me. All they had to do was call and say, do you know where your vehicle is? And look where it was found. Why didn't they check around the area to make sure nobody was injured or passed out or anything? Why did we have to learn from somebody else where our vehicle was, end quote. She went on to say, quote, according to the officer, he did not do an inventory sheet because there was nothing in the car. That was not true. When we checked the vehicle at the impound, there was lots of things in it, including her glasses, her purse with her driver's license, and her shoes, end quote. The Coldens were billed more than $1,000 because of how long their car was impounded. And they had to go complain to the mayor's office to get that waived, which it did get waived. So oh, fair. But even, so even if most of the misinformation is wrong, they still did not contact the owner of the vehicle when they found it.
1: Okay, so there were definitely some, like,
0: clerical yeah. and or logistical yeah. errors. But still nothing that makes you think it was a crime.
1: Yeah. Just, They're just bogged down, yeah. probably not just, superficial, yeah. but, but not but malicious yeah, and no. or hiding something, necessarily. Yeah. That we know of.
0: Way to cover all your bases there. Thanks. The people who knew Phoenix described her as being polite, friendly, intelligent, caring, well-liked, and very religious. But there were some things about her life that not everyone close to her knew. For one, at some point she told her mother she was moving into an apartment with a female friend. But after she went missing, her parents discovered that she had actually been living with a boyfriend. And that man's identity has only been released as Michael B. Hmm? But police have said he is not considered a suspect. So she just hid that from her mom. And, like, they only lived, like, I don't know, like a half an hour apart. My parents would have sure popped in on me and found out that I was lying.
1: Yeah, especially if my parents were super...
0: Yeah, if they were really strict, yeah. yeah. One of Phoenix's childhood friends, a man named Tim, said that he knew about her relationships, but that she felt the only way she could have a boyfriend was to keep it a secret because her parents were so strict and so religious.
1: Yeah. I mean, that just seems... Like a thing a young person. Yeah. Yeah.
0: After Phoenix's cell phone records were analyzed, it was determined that she and Michael B. called each other ten times on December seventeenth, the day before she went missing. Their last phone conversation lasted nearly two hours, at one hundred and sixteen minutes. Reportedly, the Coldens asked Michael what they talked about that day for so long and so often, but he said he couldn't remember. In an article on Oxygen.com, Phoenix's father describes Michael as shady and a liar, but that same article includes a quote from St. Louis County police officer Benjamin Granda, who called Michael B. the, quote, most cooperative, most upfront person authorities had talked to throughout the entire investigation. Wow. Adding that they can, quote, say with 100% confidence that he has in no way, shape, or form had anything nefarious to do with Phoenix's disappearance, end quote.
1: Yeah, I don't know if anybody's ever 100% that's, confident. Oh my gosh.
0: Anytime someone is like 100%, that seems fishy to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, we're so it's inc- oh, Yeah, like, what are we ever 100% on? Unless someone had like an airtight alibi like they were in jail or in the hospital or were dead. But like Exactly. So how do they become so sure well, about he just, like, he's Michael He's got Lee? some,
1: like, social finesse?
0: I don't know, oh, that's but weird. they never told us how they became 100% certain, but they're 100% certain that he doesn't know anything.
1: All right, fine. Just because somebody's polite doesn't mean, yeah. or, or cooperative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's a lot of people that know how to finesse the police. Yeah. Okay.
0: Her parents also learned that Phoenix didn't enroll in classes for the fall semester. <gasps> Phoenix! At, at the University of Missouri-St. Louis. And this is, like, December, so she just, like, bs the a whole semester, and she lives with Dang. her parents. Yeah. She would have been a junior at the time of her disappearance. And not taking classes that semester is something that nobody knew. Even Tim, who was supposed to be, like, her really close childhood friend, he didn't know, like, he found out before she disappeared. But, like, way into the semester, he, like, met up with her and found out that the whole time she wasn't. That's school. wild. Uh, I, don't, I always feel like this is just, like, young adult stuff, though. When I was 23, I was a public school teacher and I was married and I don't know. I was, but I might have just been like the weird twenty three year old who was like super put together, who
1: wasn't lying to by my parents
0: because I had my own my life. Life, yeah. yeah. You were
1: getting it together
0: when I was twenty three. What was I doing? Well, I,
1: I guess I wasn't lying to my twenty three is a little late to be in, yeah. in college. You're already yeah. I was done, like I was done, I, I was done in twenty one. Yeah. 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 Okay. Eek. But she's still not super old. Yeah, but I do feel like if maybe like the but she was very like sheltered and naive. Sheltered and naive, so. Going into a college realm, like that's where people kids usually yeah. are trying new things and disobeying she was, their parents for she the first was time.
0: Missing a lot of the life experience of a teenager. So she's kind a late start. Yeah. Yeah. So Tim, he thought he knew her well, but he didn't know about the classes until like way into the semester, but before she disappeared. But something he did know was that Phoenix had two cell phones. <gasps> Ultimate sketchery. Yeah. I mean, she, not judging, but. She had one on her parents' family plan, and then she had one on her own. To get calls from the boo? Sort of. According to Tim, he thought this was to talk to friends her parents wouldn't approve of, and maybe also because she had a second boyfriend. (gasps) Phoenix! Someone other than Michael B., and she didn't want Michael B. to know about him. And reports say that that man's name is also Michael, which is why there's the Michael B. differentiation.
1: I would have to get two cell phones for that yeah. too. So, yeah, because like, there's two Michaels. If Michael yeah. calls me on this phone,
0: it's this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They're the same name. Yeah. So Tim didn't know about school for the longest, but he did know about the boyfriends and the phone. Her oh, parents
1: just got to compartmentalize
0: to keep it going. I mean, that was honestly smart. If you're gonna honestly, have judge two boyfriends people, with the same name, I'm really not sense. judging yeah. Phoenix right now. <laughs> yeah, like I, I understand where you're coming from. That would have been like that could have got you in some trouble. Yeah. Her parents, understandably so felt like their daughter was living a double life so they contacted her best friend a woman named akira hogan and according to her when phoenix moved out of the apartment and back in with her parents there was a personality change she said phoenix seemed down more irritated easily and paranoid she said the pair actually got in a fight the week before she went missing and they weren't on speaking terms at the time she vanished According to Akira, Phoenix's paranoia led her to carry a knife with her, often tucked between the seats in her car. (gasps) And in that argument, she said Phoenix pulled the knife out. And she was like, what are you doing? Are you going to cut me? But it didn't escalate into anything violent. And that was like the end of the fight. But she said Phoenix told her that she was going to just go. She was going to pack her stuff and just go. And Akira took that to mean like from that moment, like I'm just, you know, we just got to fight us, put a knife in you, I'm just going to go. Like, not like I'm just just going to disappear. yeah. Reportedly, the paranoia Phoenix was experiencing was because she thought something was going to happen to her, or that someone was watching and maybe following her. Akira said that this wasn't the Phoenix she knew, and that entire interaction was out of character for her. But she wasn't aware of any plans her friend might have had to leave town or to meet up with anybody else. Additionally, no knife was found in Phoenix's abandoned vehicle when it was searched but they did find a torn-up note in her glove box that was puzzling. Her mother didn't understand what it was saying, but admitted that it looked like her daughter's handwriting whenever she was rushed, and she wrote really fast. Police said it appeared to be a note written on a paper from the church pew or something. Phoenix had attended church the morning she went missing, with her mother, but they didn't sit together. Her mom said they didn't exchange any notes that day, and thinks Phoenix maybe wrote it while waiting in the car for her mom after church. She said, quote, I believe she wrote it waiting for me and tore it in big pieces and put it in the glove box. She could have got up and put it in the dumpster that was right there, but I think she knew if something happened to her, we would search her truck, end quote. Her mom said she was able to determine what the note said, and basically it was along the lines of, we think you need to make up your mind before 2012, or else I'll show you what I can do about your parents, end quote. What? Her mom didn't think that the note was written to or from anybody, but rather that Phoenix was just writing down something that was told to her. That seems... I already have ideas about it, but I don't... I don't know. I have no idea. Well, I mean, I do have the... But at this point in the story, I'm like, what?
1: I don't get the... Okay.
0: So now we're at the part where we talk about theories. And there are three. One is that she was abducted and forced into sex trafficking. Two is that she became a victim of foul play, some other way, and three is that she ran off on her own to start a new life. So, first, sex trafficking.
1: Where did sex trafficking go? I know you'll tell me, but I think it's just because it?
0: like she's a young, pretty woman, and she looks like she was forcibly removed from a vehicle. So, but
1: not really because police reports. Yeah. Okay, but but, okay.
0: but people thought she was for a long time. Okay. Reportedly, the area that Phoenix's vehicle was found in is a crime-ridden neighborhood with lots of abandoned homes and lots. Allegedly, it is known as a hotspot for human trafficking. In 2017, Missouri was the state with the 17th most human trafficking cases reported in the country, and in 2018, an article from St. Louis Today said that FBI statistics list St. Louis as one of the top 13 hotspots in the country, and the National Human Trafficking Hotline reported in 2016 that St. Louis is in the top seven cities in terms of call volume per capita. So I think it was just the fact that it was there's a lot of trafficking in St. Louis and she was in a bad neighborhood that if you were harmed, it could have been sex trafficking. Yeah. Like I guess I hear. And you. she's young and pretty, so sex, I don't know. I can't it's possible. But there wasn't like a any other clues or evidence. It was just like, well, because of where it happened, maybe and this is face. what happened. Yeah. And yeah. she's pretty.
1: But I feel like, like, the things that keep you in sex trafficking are usually, like, you don't have attachments to anyone in your family. But no one's looking really for you. she was also really naive
0: and trusting, even so. you naive and trusting,
1: but what also like, somebody's looking for you, Yeah, and, like, you've yeah, you around in sex trafficking. Yeah, a lot of, like, fringe
0: people, people on the fringe of society where no yeah. one's looking for them, or they don't have a job where they're going to report them missing are the people who are targeted a lot, but obviously it could, I mean, it could be other people. Okay. Yeah, maybe she had a boyfriend that got her into, that happens, too. All right. The second theory is that Phoenix became a victim of foul play in some other way, but not trafficking. After she went missing, all activity on her social media stopped. Her phones weren't used again, and there was no activity on her bank accounts. Police say that the only DNA or whatever found in her vehicle belonged to her or her parents. Her parents, now knowing that there was a lot they didn't know about their daughter believe it's possible that she fell in with the wrong crowd in the months leading up to her disappearance. Since she went missing, she was linked as being involved with multiple men, not just her secret boyfriends. Police admit that there is little evidence pointing towards foul play in her case, but also note that there is little evidence, period.
1: Yeah.
0: Hey, too cute. She
1: was just yeah. out there living.
0: Many of the people that investigators were led to believe were friends of Phoenix's refused to speak to the investigative <gasps> reporter, brought in by her family, which makes you kind of speculate that maybe there are even more secrets. Oh. It's like, if if people that everybody thought were her friends don't want to talk, what do they know? That's really, I think it's strange to not want to talk.
1: Yeah. You don't want to help find her?
0: Yeah. I don't know. Or, oh, oh, there's other possibilities that are coming to my brain now, but I'm going to let you say things. Okay, but if it gets to a point where you can interject, do it. The third and final theory is that Phoenix ran away and is actually living a new life somewhere else, totally unharmed. Boom, that was it. That was was like, yeah, well, maybe
1: her friends don't want to say because her friends know that she's okay. She just doesn't want to be found.
0: So the investigative journalist that I mentioned said that they did uncover evidence that suggested Phoenix may have left on her own. There has also been multiple reported potential sightings of her since she disappeared eight years ago. None of the sightings have been confirmed, and her parents completely refute this theory. Her father said in an interview once, quote, Phoenix had everything that she needed and most of the things she wanted, so I couldn't see any reason why she would want to run away from that, end quote. I believe it is the opinion of her parents that she became a victim of human trafficking. I think the evidence that they're talking about is a video of Phoenix. It's referred to as the selfie video when talked about. And she recorded it a little more than a month before she disappeared. So it's like her just talking to her into her phone, yes. like recording it. In the video, you can hear Phoenix say that she, quote, wants to start over and, quote, start the new me over. She is also praying in the video and at one point asks God to help her accept things she can't change and that she won't try to change the things that are outside of her control or something like that. Investigators a say. Prayer. Yeah, kind of, but loosely worded, I guess. Investigators say that Phoenix appears to be deeply troubled in the video. Though most of what she says was inaudible, they took it to an audio expert to clean it up. And once that was done, she can be heard saying, quote, I just want to be happy, man. I can't remember a time when I was happy, genuinely happy. I feel so stupid because I let myself go a little bit. I probably would have been in a better situation if I would have stuck with how it used to be. End quote. Wow.
1: Yeah. I think every person goes through that at some point.
0: So I think that's what yeah. makes people think that she just ran away. She over. I mean, I don't know. So there have been some leads, but nothing's panned out so far. At some point, private investigators discovered that Phoenix had two birth certificates. What? One under the name Phoenix Colden, which is her name, and another using the name Phoenix Reeves. And Reeves is her mother's maiden name. But her parents were unaware that she had two birth certificates. Frankly, that seems like some pretty hard evidence right there. Investigators were not able to confirm if Phoenix had ever tried to assume that name. They found no credit history using the name, no driver's license or anything like that. But they did find that there were four people named Phoenix Reeves living in the United States. They were quickly able to eliminate three of them. But the fourth one wasn't so easy. The fourth one had no date of birth listed, no social security number, and no known relatives. The only thing that they found was an address associated with her from January of 2012 until June of 2012. Phoenix went missing in December of 2011, so like right, right after. However, the home listed was in Anchorage, Alaska, and investigators went there and spoke with the mother of the homeowner. She said that her son had lived there since 2002, and she had no knowledge of a Phoenix Colden or a Phoenix Reeves, and neighbors in the area didn't either. But how coincidental is that? Yeah, that's weird. So, sadly, Phoenix's parents have burned through their life savings, chasing every lead that came to them. The last I heard, their mortgage company was going to foreclose on their house, but I think they ended up doing a short sale instead. But either way, they lost their home. One of the more promising leads recently turned out to be a hoax. A man reached out to the family claiming to know where Phoenix was and even gave them details that they deemed convincing enough to follow the lead all the way to Texas. Please? Come on now, Texas. Why? He claimed that she was in a prostitution ring and he needed money to buy her out. And her parents gave him the money, I think. Oh, that's so sad. After the money ran out, the man admitted that he made the whole story up. Is he, did they press charges, please? No. Phoenix's mom said, quote, They said he made it up to get attention. It cost us dearly, and it led absolutely nowhere. It was just his idea of a joke. The authorities said there is nothing they can do to the man. In my opinion, he impeded the investigation. He took money, time, and energy that we could have been using to follow other leads because he wanted to perpetuate a joke, End quote. At the very least, I think that's fraud, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. Like It's a cruel joke, but it, it sounds fraudulent. What the heck? Did he get press charges for that? That seems like she's probably on. doing civil court, like sue him or something. But other people have Let's reached waste out. Waste to- his time. <laughs> yeah, waste his time all twenty twenty. Other people have reached out to the family claiming to be their daughter, and those ended up just being prank phone calls. Like,
1: what's wrong with people? Yeah,
0: gross. Listen, if you're out
1: here, if you're listening by happenstance, and you are a crank caller on people that have gone through something rough, yeah. I hope you stub your toe right. Now. <laughs> or
0: like, hit your little toe in the corner of a bed frame. Oh, the worst. Yeah, that's terrible. Paper cut between the fingers. Mm, something, something just All three gnarly. Those. Yeah. <laughs> Reportedly about two years after Phoenix went missing, her friend Kelly said that she saw her <gasps> on a flight from Las Vegas to St. Louis. Kelly said that she was already seated, but other passengers were still boarding. And then Phoenix entered the plane with three or four other women who all looked really similar to her and two big men who Kelly described as looking like they could be professional athletes who appeared to be in their mid-thirties to early forties. Kelly said, quote, she walked right in front of me. I looked at her face and I said, Phoenix? The woman turned to look at her and said, quote, oh, do I look like someone? To which Kelly replied, yes, you do. You look like my friend Phoenix. Then that woman kept walking and did not interact with her again. When the plane landed, Kelly went up to an airline employee and said, quote, I think I saw a missing person on my airplane. The police were called and the airport researched, but they never located her. Kelly was asked to rate her confidence level on a scale from 1 to 10 on if she was sure that woman she saw was Phoenix. And she rated it a 9, saying, quote, I'm confident that was her, end quote.
1: Yeah, I feel like if you, if you call a name and someone turns, responds, yeah. yeah, they turn.
0: And she was like, looked right at her. But... Kelly isn't the only person who said she's seen or interacted with Phoenix since she went missing. Wow. A man named Jeffrey Hargrove, who is friends with Phoenix's uncle, said that he saw her not once, but twice in downtown St. Louis in the summer of 2014. Is she just going back to St. Louis? I would never show my face again. Yeah. Maybe. Potentially. This is really exciting. Yeah. He said he saw her near an upscale grocery store. It was sometime during the day, like normal business hours. He said he spoke to her and said... Hey, aren't you David Scott's niece? He said David had made Phoenix's missing person flyer his Facebook profile photo, and that's how Jeffrey recognized her. He said Phoenix didn't verbally say yes or no, but he got the impression that she was, and her body language made it seem like she just didn't want to confirm it. He did say, though, that she did not deny the claim. About a week later, he said he saw her again, just a block or so away from where he saw her the first time. He didn't speak to her this time, but said he felt like she recognized him. Both times he said she didn't seem nervous or scared, but did seem standoffish and looked a little disheveled. He told Phoenix's family about the sightings and said that he got the impression that although they want her back, she doesn't want to be back. So Kelly's like somebody who knows her. Like, If I saw somebody in public and I was like, that's Jasmine, I know you. Yeah. You should be able to take that as, like, Megan saw Jasmine. But then if, like, I saw your boyfriend out somewhere, I've only seen pictures of him. I yeah. would be a little bit more, like, so he didn't really know Phoenix. he just seen a picture of her. So I could be like, is that Jasmine's boyfriend? I don't know. Is that him? Yeah. But, like, Kelly should be taken seriously because they were friends. She actually knew her.
1: Yeah. So bizarre. I mean, I, I think it's crazy that she's, like, hanging out in St. Louis, yeah. Louis if that's a real sighting. Yeah, and that was a flight to St. Louis. Yeah, that Kelly so both of these on. people
0: are in St. St. Louis sightings, and far yeah. apart. Like Kelly said that she saw her two years later, so like 2013, and then Jeffrey saying he saw her twice in 2014.
1: She, I feel like she's not even trying to lay low. That's yeah. what's up, though. I mean, I don't she's know. She's
0: an adult; she's allowed to do it. But yeah, like, don't most people who like move and like a start a whole do it like on the other side of the country or something? Yeah, somewhere where nobody would be like, "Are you Phoenix?" Like, nah, yeah, my name yeah. is like, Esmeralda. Yeah, <laughs> <I don't laughs> like that. Like first there. <laughs> Officer Benjamin Granda, who does media relations for the St. Louis County Police Department, said that their department has chased every lead and followed up on every tip given to them. They've evaluated all evidence and remain committed to the investigation and to finding Phoenix. When researching Phoenix's disappearance, another case comes up over and over again. The disappearance and subsequent death of a 36-year-old woman named Stacey English, who also went missing in December of 2011. Same time, but in Atlanta, Georgia. Stacy was last seen alive on Christmas Day, so that's a week after Phoenix, and her vehicle was reported missing on December 27th. Later, it was uncovered that Stacy's car had actually been located and impounded around the same time it was believed that she was last seen, like disappeared. It was found about 20 miles from her home. Mm -hmm. Phoenix's was 25, uncanny, with the engine still running. So it does sound a lot about the like the initial reports of Phoenix, but then later we found out that Phoenix's car wasn't running. Huh. Stacy's body was discovered on january twenty third, twenty twelve, wedged mm-hmm. underneath a fallen tree in the woods about a mile from where her car was found. Her death was ruled to be accidental by the Fulton County Medical Examiner, stating that she likely died from hypothermia due to prolonged element exposure. The autopsy showed no sign of injury or disease, and the toxicology test showed no evidence of a drug overdose either. But her family isn't buying it. They said it's not likely that she would have just went to sit under a tree and stayed there until she died.
1: Oh, they just found the body in my brain. I'm like pinned under a tree, which is no, under just like, a tree, like
0: chilling under a tree, like laying there. It
1: really? said
0: wedge, so they said it's possible the tree could have fallen after she sat there.
1: Yeah, that's what that's. Yeah. What I'm like, that's a random thing to do. Go out in the cold wood? And
0: just sit there. Well, in the days disappear. leading up to her disappearance, friends reported that Stacy was acting strangely. Her friend Whoa, Robert... this is
1: very similar.
0: Yeah. Her friend Robert Kirk, who was the last person known to see her before she vanished, said she was talking about the world ending and asked him if he was Satan. He Whoa. also told... Well, it was about to be 2012, and, you know, we all were... Not You're we right. all. But there was lots of people who thought the world was about to end in 2012. Yeah, yeah, okay. He told investigators that Stacy had attempted suicide in the past. Early on, Robert was considered a person of interest in her disappearance, but after the medical examiner's findings, the case was closed. Phoenix's mom said there's another similar case, in St. Louis. She said, quote, A young lady was snatched out of a car in East St. Louis a few years ago while at a stoplight. They left her car running in the road and took her to a house in Illinois where a group of guys drugged, beat, and raped her. They wanted her to work as a prostitute for them. She waited until she was left with just one of her captors. He passed out from drinking and she managed to escape. The circumstances, the running car in the street, are very similar, end quote. And I did some Googling, and I have no idea what she's talking about. Like, I could not mm-hmm. figure out which case she was mentioning. And if Phoenix's car had been running, well, then, yeah, they both sound really similar. Sorry. But we now know that it was just it was parked. parked.
1: And I keep thinking about that letter in the, in the yeah. glove. Figure out company. what you're going to do about
0: your parents before 2012.
1: Yeah, I feel like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Maybe she she's was passing a note, or maybe she just journaling to herself. I feel like that's a church thing to do to journal yeah. I, I used, used to it all
0: over the programs in church. Like yeah.
1: I used to like, have a journal and just write down yeah. all my thoughts. Maybe she was just figuring out what she needed to do by her parents before 2012.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Or she made she, was, she had just moved back with her parents and her friend said that that's when her things started going downhill for her. And then her selfie video, she's like, I should have just stuck it out. So did she mean she should have never moved home? Or did she mean she should never have moved away? Or did she mean I shouldn't have dropped out of school or I shouldn't have broke up with Michael B. or Michael whatever? Wait, or, Q. Yeah. My opinion is that Phoenix is alive somewhere, and that maybe she was experiencing some sort of psychotic break.
1: Yeah, she's young enough. It's yeah, for the early like 20s. early onset.
0: Yeah, like there's another case that y'all don't know about it unless you listen to Crime Junkie. Bryce lost Pisa. That's what I thought That's about such this a good whole one. time.
1: Listen, guys, if you haven't listened to Crime Junkie in that episode, you should do yourself a like, favor.
0: If you go listen to no other episode, just go listen to Bryce lost Pisa. And it's wildly good
1: and mind bending, also.
0: Yeah. So I feel like, and they just have his car and no sign of Bryce. Yeah and he did a whole lot of really weird stuff exactly. right before he vanished. And he's probably alive somewhere, just lost his mind. Yeah. And I so I think that she's alive.
1: I think the stuff with the birth certificate and the selfie video and, and the, the friend scene on the airplane and the multiple lives and a life that she was trying to lead but trying to hide. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of evidence to suggest the letter in the glove box to suggest she just Wanted to be somewhere else, the sightings. Yeah. I mean I like that idea more than any of that yeah. is too, because then she's fine.
0: It's just sad though because like her parents have lost everything looking for her. And if They're she's not. if she if she's not out of her mind and she just chose to leave and start over and she's like totally like sane, that's so sad to like let them go through yeah. that. Like just tell them you're done.
1: Yeah. I mean you're an adult, so you could do that.
0: Yeah. But her friend said she was behaving strangely and experiencing paranoia. Yeah, the thing with the knife is crazy yeah. too. Yeah, this is very Bryce. Mm-hmm. My gut is telling me that she left on her own though. Yeah, even if she left on her
1: own and it was, you know, you know, in conjunction with some
0: with some psychological yeah.
1: issues, yeah.
0: This month marks 8 years since Phoenix Colden went missing. Anyone with information is asked to call the St. Louis County Police Department's Division of Criminal Investigations at 314-615- 5, if you have any information about Phoenix Colden being a victim of human trafficking, or if you have any information about anyone being a victim of human trafficking, please contact 911 or the National Human Trafficking Hotline at 1 373 7888. Thank you for listening to
1: Sideline Sleuths. If you have any comments or questions about this case or just feedback about the show in general, you can find us online at facebook.com/silentloops. And if you haven't already had the chance, please rate and review the show on iTunes, Facebook, or any social media or streaming platforms available.